and welcome to Imperfect Men, yet another Rexypod rating all of the Founding Fathers from Andrew Adams to George Wythe. I'm Cody. I'm Stephen. And today we are talking about our first uh, signer of the Constitution that we'll talk about, Ooh. Abraham Baldwin. That's a big one. Yeah. Constitution's a big one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean there's, yeah. there's certainly a lot more detail on its uh, crafting. Yeah. Because it was much more like, you know, the Declaration was like, you know, three people huddled in a room. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, the Continental Association and the Articles were like, you know, kind of, there's not as much detail on them as there is the Constitution. Like, every minute of the Constitution is I mean, that's, picked apart and analyzed and, yeah. But I mean, so, yeah. That makes sense why this fella you have more information yeah. about. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, more information about what he does. And I, I think you'll like it. Okay. So... Uh, Abraham Baldwin, born on November 22nd, 1754, in Guilford, Connecticut, to Michael and Lucy Baldwin. Uh, his father was a blacksmith. Uh, had just, you know, kind of ordinary childhood for the time. Uh, he graduated from Yale in 1772. Prestigious. Uh, well, I mean, there weren't many colleges in the country back yeah. then, so. <laughs> it was like Harvard and Yale, that was the two. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, well, uh what would be columbia that was around as oh, okay. king's college though oh the king's you college can see why don't go it, there you can see why it changed the name right uh so, right uh he was licensed as a congregationalist minister in 1775 so just uh, just in time to serve as a chaplain to troops during the revolution oh wow okay so he didn't do any fighting he just serves as a chaplain oh uh, yeah but they still get the same kind of respect usually uh, yeah, yeah, from the yeah, troops cer- anyway certainly um uh, and after the war, he decides, oh, I'm going to become an attorney. Okay. Because you could just do that back then. I know, right? Yeah. yeah I you... hear all these stories all the time. It's like, you know what? I'm going to be an attorney today. And they're just like, they yeah. just go to Harvard. Well, because well, back then, it's like, well, you didn't have to go to school. Oh, you, you, just apprentice. Really law schools at the time. It was just yeah. like, yeah, you served as a, or you, like, you, you read right. law. Right. Under a guy for like two, three years. And then you take the bar and you were a pass lawyer. your lawyer. And why? <laughs> so yeah. It's much easier back then. But so, yeah. So, you know. And that's why everybody was a lawyer back then. Yeah. All, well, all these guys, anyway. Yeah, you can't really do that anymore. I think California gives something, you can do something similar with it, but it's very difficult to do. Yeah. So, um, but yes, it's not the way it's done anymore. Uh, but uh, he moved to Georgia and set up a law practice. So he moved from Connecticut to Georgia. Nice. I remember at the time, uh, I think I mentioned it last episode, Georgia was uh, not as populated uh, as some of the other yeah. colonies. Yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, uh, yeah so it's like a lot they, more opportunity there to like you know, kind of establish yourself as a local. They stayed out of one of the things. Uh, the, yeah, the first uh, Continental Congress. First Continental, uh, yeah, they stayed out of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because there was they just didn't have enough people really. Yeah, um, so he set up a law practice. He was named as the first president of the University of Georgia in 1785. Okay, uh, it... he worked and working. He he would work to develop the school until 1801. Uh, when it had its first class, and he stepped down, uh, so he was. Is that still there? University still, of Georgia. Yeah. Oh yeah, like Georgia Bolt, like it's University of Georgia. Okay, yeah, like the it's University the of Georgia. University. Okay, yeah, all right. And they, and they are the Georgia Bulldogs because uh, he wasn't the only one, but him, but he was the most prominent um, because Yale's mascot is the bulldog. Uh, oh, okay. That's why Georgia Bulldogs. What? All right then. Because Abraham Baldwin. Well, look at that. Yeah. So you know. Uh, he was also elected as a uh, member of the Confederation Congress in 1785, and again in 1787 and 88. So he served as a Congress for a few years. 
and he's named as a delegate to the Constitutional Convention in 1787 and signed the document. So there's why we're talking about him. Okay. And we'll delve on... We'll have a lot more about that in our Perpetual Union round. So. Okay. Uh, he was elected as one of Georgia's first three members of the U.S. House of Representatives uh, in 1788. So Dang. one of the first people to represent Georgia in the U.S. Congress. Holy crap, okay. Uh, and he served there until 1799 when he was elected to the U.S. Senate. Okay. He's making his rounds. Uh, yeah. Um, he served as president pro tempore of the Senate in 1801-02. That's like the fill-in for the vice president when he's not there. Okay. <laughs> uh, Sounds like back then that was like, that was nobody wanted to be the vice president, much less the guy that fills in for the vice president. So I, I, he probably really, he sat around a lot. It's, it's, <laughs> it's certainly more nowadays. It's much more of an honorary office. Like they, but nowadays they give it to the longest serving member of the majority party. Right. Yeah. Okay. That makes Which sense. is how you get like, you know, in two, 2001, you have 100 year old Strom Thurmond, as you know well i mean how often yeah i mean how often does it happen you it's know also I mean? it's it's also really stupidly like third in line to the presidency oh like after the vice president and the speaker there's the president pro tempore oh that's which is really stupid great. because if if the president the vice president and the speaker are all taken out Probably the nation is undergoing some dire circumstance yeah the person you want in there isn't really like a 90-year-old fossil. Yeah, and somebody that's... It's an honorary title. Like, yeah. it probably should be somebody that's... Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe take that out of the line of succession. But maybe. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah. But he serves in that position for uh, to 1801-02. And he continued as a senator until his death on March 4th, 1807 in Washington, D.C. at the age of 52. 52. Okay. Yeah. He didn't live very long. No. I mean, I mean, for back then, I guess. So, like, is. when he was in the Constitutional Convention, he was our age. <laughs> well, what have you done, Cody? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, can't win them all. N- no. <laughs> no. That's pretty... That, I mean... So, yeah, so that's Abraham Baldwin. That's, that's his life in a nutshell. Oh, okay. Well, he did so, a lot of stuff. Yeah, so, and we'll definitely get into some stuff here. Perpetual Union, how influential were they on the founding documents? On the founding documents. Yeah, this is where we get some, this is where we get, we get, get our meat in this episode. All right, meats. He was regarded as the leader of Georgia's delegation. Okay. Uh, and he cast one of the, what would be one of the most consequential votes in the convention. Okay. So uh, let me, let me explain this. So... The one of the biggest debates around the convention was how the states would be represented in Congress. Uh, the larger states favored what was called the Virginia Plan. You have two houses in Congress, so a bicameral legislature, and both houses uh, would be apportioned based on population. Okay. So you kind of see why the larger states would like that idea. Sure, they get more yeah, like power. New York, Virginia, Pennsylvania. Yes, they're like they have larger populations. Yeah. Well, the small states, you know, like Rhode Island or Delaware, they're like, uh, no, because that's just going to leave us out in the cold. Yeah. We're never, never going to have a say in anything. Exactly. So they favored uh, kind of what the uh, uh, Articles Confederation has set up. You know, a little different, but the bare bones was the same. Like a unicameral legislature. And each state has equal representation. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, so so there, there's this debate going on at this time. 
and they hold a vote on the Virginia plan. Now, at the time, only 11 states were at the convention. Um, New Hampshire hadn't shown up yet, and Rhode Island. Rhode Island would not participate in the convention. Why? They're too good for it? Rhode Island's a little quirky, so uh, maybe we'll talk. Maybe we'll talk about that at some point, but it's, it's for another day. Yeah. So there's only eleven there. Mm-hmm. Five states vote for the Virginia plan. Five states vote against it. Whoops. So it comes down to Georgia. Uh oh, Georgia. Now remember, they're voting by state, so the delegation of the state has to agree. So like they, you know, if you know they vote amongst themselves. Mm. And they say, okay, the state decides this. Now, at the time, only two of Georgia's delegates were there. uh, Baldwin and William Houston. Okay. Houston was in the large state camp. He he favored the Virginia plan. He wanted to vote for it. That's weird, because Georgia was small. Well, he could kind of foresee Georgia... Being bigger. Yeah. Okay. So... He's, like, looking through the future. He's like, well... Yeah. Let's do the big big one eventually. Baldwin, remember, he's from Connecticut. He's only lived in Georgia for a few years now. He's right. from Connecticut, so he understands why the small states need representation. Uh, yeah, or, or, or you know, against the Virginia plan. Yeah, and he kind of sees like you know, if if this passes, the small states are going to leave, and this whole thing's going to fall apart. Okay, and, and they and they, and you find out later like they were planning to do so. Wow, okay, so If astute. this vote didn't go their way. It's just very astute of him. Yeah. So, Baldwin decides, I'm going to vote against the plan. Now, doing so results in a deadlock for the Georgia delegation, because it's just him and this one other guy. Lord. <laughs> so, Georgia has to essentially abstain on the vote. Well, then it's so tied. It's, it's tied. Uh. So... What the convention decides to do, all right, we're going to appoint what's called this grand committee to work out this problem. It's one person from every state mm-hmm. on this committee. And this, and what comes out of this committee is what's called the Connecticut Compromise. Now, okay. Baldwin didn't come up with this. We'll, we'll get to the person who does later. And we'll talk, maybe talk about more on that episode. Out of this compromise, they decide... All right, it'll be a bicameral legislature, so two houses. The upper house will be equal representation by state, and the lower house will be apportioned by population. Okay. Which is how we get the Senate and the House of Representatives. Oh, dang. So. That's pretty important. Pretty important. Yeah. Yeah, and he's, you know, the guy, basically, if he didn't cast that vote the way he did, the convention might might have just collapsed. Yeah, well, yeah. It's like, how does that like that? that that's a yeah. That's that's uh, that, that's mean, an important vote. Yeah, but yeah, I just picture them like, and they're like, okay, we're tied. Georgia, go. And they're like, nope, we're nope, we're not we, doing we, it. We can't. And agree. They're like, okay, we are deadlocked. Well, then, what do we do? Let's make a committee about it. <laughs> it's like, well, well, it's like okay. kind of like kind of like all right. Well, because there's fifty. You know, 40, 50 odd people. Yeah. You know, there. So it's like maybe if we just whittle this down to like, you know, a dozen or so. Yeah. Um, it's just funny. It's just like, committee. Yeah. <laughs> we can't figure well, it out. Well, I mean, they make would, another committee. They would set up several committees to, you yeah. know, kind of break up, back, like break up into groups and discuss this. Uh, <laughs> like you and, did in school. Yeah. yeah. And Baldwin, he rarely spoke, but he did serve on several important committees. Okay. Um, 
including one that worked on, you know, what does the office of the president look like? Ooh. And this committee, you know, it names the pre- the office as the chief executive as president. Oh. Um, and, is, <laughs> and maybe as a damning vote against this uh, the result of this committee, decides he would be uh, elected via electoral college. Huh. Yeah, so okay. yeah, maybe... Maybe not the best ideas out of this committee. Yeah, so. that's a that the electoral college yeah. thing is the worst. Yeah, and there were some because this is this is something that hasn't happened in since eighteen twenty four, so we're not really too familiar with it. If there's no majority in the in the electoral college, the House of Representatives elects the president. Okay. There was some worry at the time because now remember at this time you know there wasn't a lot of, um, you didn't have like you know the, for lack of a better term, the social networks that you have now. Mm-hmm. You know you don't have television, you don't have radio, mm-hmm. newspapers Internet. are rudimentary. Uh, mm-hmm. Communication is very slow. Right. Yeah. So it would be hard. It's only Paul Revere out there telling everybody it, everything. Yeah. So. <laughs> it'd be Just very. It, it'd be very hard to find a candidate for president who could who who like a lot of the states could agree on right and baldwin kind of he kind of foresaw like how you know he foresaw that this you know was wouldn't be a problem uh stating the increasing intercourse among the people of this not that kind of mm, intercourse. i know the increasing intercourse among the people of the states would render important characters less and less unknown end quote uh, meaning that a candidate could have cross-country appeal and win a majority. Because a lot of people saw that, like, you know, if, you know, it, nobody else in, like, each state knows other people from other states. Right, I'm sure. So each state might just elect its own candidate. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to get a majority in electoral college. So Congress will basically just pick the president every time. Oh, I see. I he's like, you. he's like, no, I think as, as time goes and we become much more of an integrated country, that won't be a, a problem. Okay, so, so Abraham's saying this? Yeah. So, man, he's like, he's be- kind of before his time on some things here. On some things. There were some things he weren't. Uh, for example, he proposed that the senators, uh, to be eligible for Senate, you have to meet a wealth requirement. Oh, Lord. Okay, yeah, <laughs> Obviously, right. that was not adopted. <laughs> no. You know, in practicality, you kind of do. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's just kind of how it is. Yeah. So... Um, he also served on the committee that proposed, uh, that, that worked on slavery... Uh, uh, of course, you know, out of that committee comes the proposal to abolish the slave trade, okay. which eventually is put in the Constitution. Yeah, uh, not good. immediately, but um, it would take effect in 1808. Okay. But Uh-oh. he was opposed to this to the uh, straight-up abolition of slavery and believed oh. it should be an, a decision left to the states, which oh. you even see these like state states' rights people... Oh, no. Even at this time, you so you tend to associate that more with you know the 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 antebellum years uh, leading up to the Civil War. But like, no, there were some states' rights people even back then regarding wow. slavery. Jeez. Okay. So right. you know, it, it's not not all not all sunshine for this guy. No, yeah. I mean, yeah, but I mean, he was pretty still. I would say. Yeah. Like the whole wealth thing, like you had, you know, you have to be a certain wealth yeah. or whatever to like. Yeah, he n- not the way he was thinking, but it did happen. Pretty much, yeah. He was kind of a yeah. He's predicting the future. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this is, I mean, this is just a little side note. He was the final delegate to sign the Constitution. 
basically they all got up in a line and <laughs> marked and wrote and signed their names so that he was the last one. Oh wow. And consequently the last one to sign any of the four documents we talk about. Oh wow. So just a little fact there at the end. Interesting. So, so that was that was uh That was oh. yeah, that was that was perpetual union. Oh, perpetual union. So pretty uh That was a lot more than the other guys. <laughs> yeah, pretty significant. He he did more than just, you know, show up and sign it and leave. He did a lot more than that. So uh, what do you want to rate him? Man, based on all that, man, he's yeah, he did a lot of stuff. Yeah. I'm gonna give him a seven. Seven? Yeah. Yeah, seven uh, seven sounds about right for me as well. well. Oh, okay. Um because yeah, if, if he doesn't cast that vote early on well maybe not early on, but like to um you know, against the Virginia plan. Well he it was he did the abstained. Or well well I mean yeah, but I mean he voted against against it which caused Georgia to abstain which right. caused the yeah so I got you. I understand what you're saying. So yeah. so yeah, so like if you know he doesn't do that, if, you know Yeah, if he would have just been like, Yeah, you're right and then they you know but, Yeah, the yeah. Small, the small states were were prepared to walk out. Which that wow, who knows what would have happened if that it's, happened. Yeah, it would it, it may have failed. The so, whole thing. The whole yeah. thing could have crumbled right there. Yeah. So the very important and again, you know, he serves on these important committees deciding um you know what you know how like what is this like what is the office of president yeah you know how are we going to handle the slave trade you know what is the legislature going to look like he's on these very important committees that's shaping the entire government of how it's going how it ends up being so yeah very important so yeah yeah, so seven i think it's seven is pretty solid yeah so seven to seven, that's a fourteen for perpetual union. Dang. Already meeting uh, Tommy and Andy. <laughs> Already done. Yep. Oh man. Alrighty. So we the people, what did they do outside of the founding documents? So like I said, he served in the Confederation Congress in the seventeen eighties. Uh, he was one of Georgia's first members of the House of Representatives. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And so therefore he took part in the debate over the Bill of Rights. Okay. Because that's one of the first things that the Congress takes up. Uh, because uh, the, the Constitution, there, there was a great debate on the. Con- I won't get too far into it because it's. We can discuss this more in more detail with uh, people that this is more relevant to. Um, there was debate on the Constitution. A lot of the people didn't want to ratify it because it did not have a Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm. So one of the concessions made afterwards was like, okay ratify it now mm-hmm. one of the first things we'll do is add a bill of rights to it. We'll, we have the amendment process mm-hmm. we'll add a bill of rights to it right and cool. that is you know one of the first things like i think the bill of rights was ratified in 1791 okay uh 10 of the 12 articles of it but um so he's taking part in those debates and of course again opposing the abolition of slavery when it was brought up yeah um yeah yeah he served in the U.S. Senate later on, uh, so just, you know, yeah, trucked along as a senator. Yeah. The whole college thing was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I was about to get that. Yeah, he's the first president of the University of Georgia, which, which is that's a big one. still there today, one of the largest universities in the country. Mm-hmm. And he wrote the university's original charter and pushed for it to teach practical knowledge, not just a classical education. So, like, okay, this is going to be a modern university. It's not just going to be like, oh, you know, learn about this, you know, old dusty roman dude yeah <laughs> learn how to farm 
Learn that, how to build. Learn how you know. That's way more important. Technical knowledge. Yeah, that's like, like almost like, almost like a trade. Yeah, it's sort of like a blend between a vocational yeah. school and like you know, but it still has those you know classical education. Right. But right, but you know, have more practical. Which is really cool, actually. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, and he helps. Like he he stepped down before its first class actually. You know, started going there, but he's the guy. Like you know, yeah, but he helped shape and form. He helped shape it. Get funding for it. Get land, books. Yeah. Get the materials, the buildings. I mean, yeah, that's so all which, important stuff. You know, you kind of need. Yeah, that's mainly, important. I guess technically you don't need you know buildings for a university anymore, but um, well, now, I yeah, mean, back but, then though, yeah. I mean that was you yeah, kind of did. Yeah, very important. So, so yeah, what do you want to give him for we the people? Jiminy Christmas, this man, he's doing doing yeah, things. He's, doing he's out pretty... there doing things. Yeah. I'm going to give him a 7 on that, too. 7. Um, I'm going to give him a 6. Okay. Six. You're a little harsher than I am. I That's am. just the way it is, I guess. Yeah. I mean, so, founding a whole university and being the first president, that's a big one. Yeah, that's important. Um, Especially yeah. the way he did it. Having those, you know, he wanted to have trades and stuff like that and, and, and not just Certainly. the classical training. I feel like that's... A lot more important, even that's even more important than just being helping found a college, making those steps to make it practical mm. and not just oh, we're read this book. Yeah, read this book. Yeah, what what'd you read? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that was all the school for me. So. Yeah. So seven and six. That is a thirteen for we the people. Man, he's cooking. He's now he's past John Alsop now. <laughs> We're oh. not even done yet. Oh wow, yeah. yeah so. Well, I mean, also, you know, he's yeah. he didn't do much. Now, articles of impeachment. Uh oh, scandal. As I mentioned, he was opposed to federal efforts to end slavery. Yeah. And he thought that the problem. states should decide for themselves. That's which is an argument you know would be made. You know, sixty. 60, 80 years later, right. leading up to the Civil War. Yeah. Now, he personally did not own any slaves. That's good. So, you know, he lived in Georgia, but remember, he was from Connecticut, so maybe it was like, you know... He still had that northern thinking was personally, about Yeah, personally opposed to it, but was like, hey, you know, the state should decide. Which, you know what? The way he, the way you described how he was thinking about, like, the small states leaving hmm. if, uh, during that, you know, the whole... Uh, when they were doing that. Um, I think his, his mindset was like, if we say that the federal government is going to take revenue away from these states that have slavery, they will leave the union. Mm, yeah. And again, like you gotta, you, well, it's well, kind of, it's really, it's really hard because you're like, on one hand, it's like, it's slavery. Yeah. That's no, yeah. that should be abolished. No, like no brainer. Mm. But on the other hand, when you're thinking about a completely new country, being formed you have to have everybody united so if you're in there being like yeah all the stuff that you do i don't like that stop it now we're gonna have a whole thing but the the government's gonna tell you to stop it right now mm -hmm. and we barely even have a government established you yeah. know what i mean like it was still like raw i can see like well, yeah i, I mean see. i mean that was why john adams was never didn't really ever bring it up he was more concerned about exactly the unity of the country as opposed to exactly like, like he was Probably personally opposed to it. He didn't think it should exactly. exist. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But it was not the time to do it. Exactly, and that's I think that's the way he was thinking, too. It sounds to me like, because yeah. he didn't own slaves, so he, he didn't have a stake in it. No. So, like, it was like, 
I think he was thinking like, we got to keep everybody united. And if we tell, start telling people that they can't, yeah. can't do stuff right off the rip, it's going to, everybody's just going to be like, Nope. Well, also there's another aspect of it. You know, he knows his constituents. He knows what his constituents would want. Yeah. So oh, maybe, he's from Georgia. So yeah. Yeah. So sense. maybe he was just like, well, I need to say these things in order to stay in office. That could be that too. Yeah. But the way you, you know, the way he acted in the other mm. thing, I think it was more of we need to keep everybody united mm. at the moment. Maybe later on, I don't know if he did, but maybe later on he, maybe he did vote against it or whatever, you know, or he would, you know, spoke out against it or something Not eventually. Really. Um, but no, he, even he, if he didn't, like yeah. again, being a representative from a slave owning state where you have a lot of slave owners, like it's one of those things. It's kind of like, what do you do? Mm. You know, I, I don't know. I, I can't really fault him for that okay. per se, right. even though I think, you know, slavery obviously is not good, but in this situation, in this circumstance, you can't just be like, Oh yeah, we barely have a government. And also all you guys need to stop doing the things that you've been doing for hundreds of years. Like you can't, you can't do that. Are you, you, you are divided before you're 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 defeated before you even fight. You know yeah. what I mean? Because you're all divided. So, yeah, I I, I can understand that. Um, I don't. I, I, it sucks I, to say, but I can I kind of understand where he's coming from on that aspect of it. I can understand, but I can't give him a zero. On on the oh yeah yeah the, yeah the scandal thing. Yeah, I would say I give him like a for that. I'd give him like a. Two, two, yeah. That's kind of that's kind of what I was thinking with it was a two. Um, yeah, because it's like it. He could have just said nothing. <laughs> yeah, he didn't have to get up and say I oppose it for this reason. Again, he wanted. To, I think he wanted to look like, hey, yeah, I want everybody to be united. So I am saying the state should get there, have the right to decide yeah, whether which or not. Would be a- an echo down through the decades. Yeah. Yeah. So unfortunately. Yeah. You know. So that's I, a, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a two and a two. Mm. So a total of four mm. for articles of impeachment. Not very scandalous. No. Trust me. There's there's someone coming up a few episodes from now. Trust me. <laughs> oh boy. Gonna get a ten. Quite possibly. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So, all right. Whites of their eyes. What this guy look like? Oh yes, my favorite. This is my favorite part. Everybody, I love it. I love to see him. Ooh, we got a color one this time. Yeah. Um, uh, shadows got books in the background again. Scholarly. Um, well, he's probably a lawyer at this point. He looks older. Yeah, he only I think lived this to be fifty-two. Yeah, uh, yeah, eighteen. He said fifty-two or fifty-four. What did I say? Yeah, he he died at age fifty two. So he never really he didn't get super old. So. No, this looks like he was probably maybe his upper maybe in his upper forties. Yeah, maybe towards the end of his um, life. Yeah, he's got like a yellow vest on. He doesn't have the powdered wig. He has his normal hair. Flowing. Yeah, yeah, around the uh, early eighteen hundreds, the first decade of the eighteen hundreds, that was starting to go out of fashion. Okay, well there you go. Yeah, so, so he's, he's looking and, pretty and the Breeches started to go out of fashion too. So the breeches. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, he's got a book in his hand there. Again, showing yeah, learned. Like he's, yeah, he's learned it scholarly. Um, he's got a nice black coat on, rosy cheeks. 
white man, of course. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, he looks like a dude. Clean yep. shaven. I should start saying that if they have facial hair or not, because I'm a facial hair aficionado. Yeah, around this time, you're probably not going to see too much facial hair. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That's okay. So what do you want to give him out of, out of uh, five? I'll give him, uh, for that one, I'll do a three. Three? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like super fancy or anything. It's pretty normal. It's decent, yeah. But he, it's he color. Looks, <laughs> he, looks, he looks stately. He does. Yeah, you know. Looks alive. <laughs> he has a portrait. <laughs> <laughs> but it has no panace. It has no yeah. finesse. Nothing Nothing too fancy. I'm going to give him a two. Well, yeah, two? yeah. No, no, I'll give him a three. I'll give three. him a three as well. Two yeah. seems harsh. A two, yeah, it was. we gave the other guy a two that had a, yeah. he had a black and white portrait that was just a bust. Yeah, so... Yeah, I'll do a three on that. Okay, well, that's a three and a three. We're we're in a... Quite a... We're, we're in a chord through a lot of these scores here. Well, yeah. Yeah, so that's a six for the whites of their eyes. Bonus. He signed the Constitution. So that is one point. <laughs> so, yeah. the total... For Abraham Baldwin is thirty-eight points. Thirty-eight points. Yeah, thirty-eight out of a possible seventy-four. That's not shabby, Abraham. No, no consider fact uh, the only two people above him so far are John and Samuel Adams, who both had a forty-seven. Right. And this guy scored a thirty-eight. That's pretty good. So you know, yeah, not not too shabby. Uh, I think John Alsop had a twenty-one. Yeah. So. Yeah, not not too not too bad. Yeah, uh, yeah. I told you this guy. This guy yeah, yeah. Had some had some to him. Yeah, he did. So he had a lot to him actually. He, yeah, it's like he did a lot of stuff. Yeah, a lot of stuff you didn't really quite expect, like the old University of Georgia thing. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> did you just learn that while you were doing research on him? Yeah, I that's didn't know. Cool. I didn't know too much about. Like, I knew I knew who he was. I knew his part in the convention, but I didn't know the Georgia, the University of Georgia thing. That's pretty cool. So. Uh, yeah, so so uh, this guy, uh, you know, did a lot. So, but gotta ask ourselves the question. Uh oh, what's the question? Abraham Baldwin. Uh huh. Is he a founding father? Uh oh. Or a floundering father? <laughs> hmm. I'm gonna say, old Abraham. I'm gonna say he's a founding father. He did a lot. Yeah. I I would agree with you, yeah. Abraham. Yeah, Abraham Baldwin. He in he, and out of you know inside of the you know the 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 um, documents and outside of the documents, he did a lot. So yeah, um, very important to uh, the Constitution. Yeah, very important to the ed- the you know higher education system in Georgia. Yeah, uh, you know did his part. You know trucked along in Congress for a good uh, uh, you know twenty years. Yeah. Uh, via and you know, be it in the House or the Senate. Uh, so yeah, so Abraham Baldwin, you you are a founding father, and founding father. Yeah. And this is definitely like you know, we're kind of you know a few into it. You know, like John and Samuel Adams. You know, of course they were they're never yeah. not going to be right. <laughs> you know, and then the other three. You know, Meh. John Alsop a little less so, but it, but like you know, guys that you know aren't really worth remembering. Yeah. But this guy, it's like it's the one of the people you don't really know. Yeah. Who should be known? Yeah, you or known more know. than he is. Maybe you know, maybe he's known you know pretty well inside Georgia. He might be, yeah. But uh, especially the university. Yeah. 
I mean, not, not like it's kind of like that second tier, second or third tier list of yeah list of guys that you you know this podcast you know is kind of kind of about yeah highlighting these yeah, guys highlight- that you probably would have never heard of otherwise yeah because like, you know your Washingtons, your Jeffersons, your Franklins, your Hamiltons. It's you know people like Abraham Baldwin, you know, trying to get the word out basically. Yeah. So. Yeah. So Abraham Baldwin, your founding father. Uh, it's your. What do you? What do you get? You get a. Oh. You know what? He probably has some monuments already to him in Georgia. But let's see. Let's see. Let's see a D.C. monument for Abraham Baldwin. What would be appropriate? Nothing too spectacular. Yeah, nothing too big. You know, you get you get like a. Let's say let's say uh, what's a university in D.C. Georgetown. You get a you know you, you get a you get a Georgetown dormitory named after you, or like <laughs> or like a, a, a lecture hall named after you. Yeah, there you go. Like one of the one of the lecture. Buildings. And it would be fitting Georgetown. Georgia. Yeah, yes. yeah. So you know, maybe maybe a building where they teach like more practical stuff, like right, know, yeah. agriculture. Or there you go. That kind of thing. So, all right. Next up, uh, we will be talking about John Bannister. John Bannister. What Bannisters are named after? That's who. You know, the I have no thing idea. You, you hold as you go down the I stairs. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm yeah, I, that. I don't know. I, I, somebody tells me no, but uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe he created them. Who knows? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe he invented the Bannister. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, Richard Bannister from Virginia. Uh-oh. From from Virginia. Uh-oh. So, I know what that kind of... That yeah, you, you kind of know what that means, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Unfortunately. Yep. All right. Thank you for listening, and be sure to check out my uh, other project, The Drunken Pawn. We're on YouTube and Twitter and Instagram. And be sure to check out my other project, We Effed Up. Uh, we're on Twitter, Instagram... Uh, and all the podcast players you found this on. And also be sure to follow our podcast on Twitter, at ImperfectMenPod. All right, we'll see you guys next time on Imperfect Men.